Good afternoon. Hope you're all good. Got a uh, interesting show lined up for you. Got pulled a few of your recent questions that have been coming in um, on various channels. Some people like to send them secretly, DMs and emails and stuff, and others more public. But thanks for joining. If this is chewing it over, we go weekdays at lunchtimes, twelve thirty till one o'clock, and we talk about whatever's topical. And so I'm just going to visit a few of your questions, but. Some of them are particularly interesting, and I've had uh, so the ones that I'm going to share with you today. The three key things that I'm going to do over the course of the next half an hour. Obviously, feel free to send your questions in as we go, and maybe we'll get to them now or in the future. But what I've um, the questions that I've, I've picked out are ones that that certainly provoke conversation and, uh, and and further might even be further topics in themselves. Um, but also, I think if if we can risk it. Uh, at least briefly, we'll try and have a bit of a cameo. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I had uh, we, we, me and my wife Charlotte had identical twin boys. It, we, we got them home on, on Christmas Eve of last year. It's been a bit of a different year for them than, than we were expecting, the babies of lockdown. But we had, um, we had twin boys, we call them, on the internet at least, we call them test and control, born on the 20th of December. Now, the reason I mention that is because one of the questions that I got in is saying, has becoming a parent, because these are my first children and and uh, so has becoming a parent changed my perspective on anything and they weren't specific it didn't mean uh, perspective on anything in what in healthcare and msk in my work or whatever they were just saying in general and so i thought that we'll visit that question first and then bravely just because they happen to be en enjoying some baby sensory uh in the uh, in the gym at the moment because the clinic's closed today and so i thought we would try and get them in and involved so let's Let's see. I mean, this, this might be brave uh, and it might not work too well, but let's get test and control on camera for a little while. Look at that. Who's that? Who's that? Look, who's that? Brilliant. So hopefully you can still hear me. Drop us a message if you can. Drop us a message if you uh, think these two are a bit cuter on screen than, than I usually am. Um, oh, I think what we're going to do, I'm going to put you on my knees. I don't know if I trust you on my desk. Let's tilt the screen a little bit. Right. Let's at least try and answer the first question. What's this? First question with them in, in, in situ. You play with daddy's microphone. Right. So, yeah, I had, we had these two. These are about nine months old now. And um, certainly, yeah, it changes your perspective yeah. on all things in terms of life, etc. But one of the things is that I don't, I don't really, I don't buy the, uh, the fact that it sometimes shifts people's entire productivity and, and worldview in a broad sense. Oh, and so I think uh, what I'd, what I'd want to uh, admit to is that they don't necessarily, um, especially especially these two, they, they interfere with, in positive and negative ways, everything about what you do. And so essentially, much like they are now, a very valuable distraction. They keep uh, all things uh, in perspective. But I would also say that the fact that they don't sleep very well certainly throws off um, your, your ability to do things that aren't a priority, like in, in work sense, right? You, it sharpens your focus in a, a project sense, doesn't it? Um, and I think that realistically, um, although, you know, fortunately, they're, they're rarely in practice, literally with me now having to be trying to be parenting whilst broadcasting. But... It's a good metaphor or analogy of, of just how they're a handful. Um, and so what 
people are asking when they say has it changed my perspective um i would say on a life level yes absolutely of course it does also makes you a little bit more thoughtful about you know i suppose you're not thinking about what sort of world you're trying to create for you and yours or future if you think about the future you think about family think about potential children but until they're here you don't really think about what that would be it sort of sharpens your sharp it has sharpened my passion for helping to create a, uh, a better world, a healthier world, and obviously healthcare and education are at the heart of what I do. And so uh, it only sort of sharpens that instinct. But then I would say that it also, um, it also makes me frustrated about the fact that sometimes people want to leverage the fact that they're parents as if it somehow strengthens their points or arguments. I've seen it done, and I've tried not to make sure I don't end up succumbing to it, where people will say, you know, speaking, speaking as a father of young children, I think we should build more houses on the green belt. Right. Well, what, what does that got to do with it? Well, it was a weird appeal to identity as a parent that somehow softens, strengthens your point or softens the opponent's argument. I hate that. So I'm trying not to succumb to that. And I hate that when that happens. But you know, I also can't pretend that it doesn't really shape the, uh, shape the way in which we all go about things. And I'm not surprised that, uh, that, that people are interested in, in my take on that. Now, how well I'm answering that question whilst wrestling them, I don't know. Um, but they're, they're pretty happy, but uh, certainly, uh, certainly getting stronger. They're crawling around now. I think uh, as well, I think it will influence me more when they end up. Um, I think when they, when they start engaging in, in sort of sport as well, I think that's going to throw it. That's going to be a more specific thing with regards to how it affects me in the industry. I think it's going to be a big difference uh, when they start to be more active in that way. Um, I think that would be a, a really interesting uh, interesting uh, thing to, to see and probably one that we can revisit as these guys get older. And maybe it won't be their last cameo. I think we'll leave it there from their, uh, their cameo. So uh, this, is, this is Test and Control, our identical twin boys. One of the favorite things we have as well is people often asking, are they twins? It's like, I don't know if they weren't twins, then they must be clones. I don't know if you guys can tell them apart, but even I struggle sometimes. I think it's good timing. Right, let's hand you back off. The number one parent. Thank you very much. Thanks, boys. <laughs> Cheers, chef. <laughs> yeah. Take the party lights as well. Nice one. Thank you. Well, that, that actually went better than I thought it would. A bit of fun. I've seen a few comments coming in. Especially, uh, thanks, Matt. A friend of mine, Matt Fox. Local physio and collaborator saying very brave yeah brave it might have been stupid i don't think that was my my finest of answers but yeah thanks to those of you sending lovely comments he's on facebook about uh about test and controls little cameo there what i would uh i would add add to that is um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna for a second pretend that it doesn't completely change um everything about you and i'm not surprised that people have said that i'm not you know it's not something that i didn't see coming but i also i think that one of the things i was frustrated to be accused of historically was that the things that we'd done with physio matters or the passion that we had for reform within choose health or trying to change the industry at large through mskr is that was i was saying that as a 20 some relatively young man that was childless that was then more frequently than you'd expect accused of that being a privileged position in terms of the time i had available to be able to then make that noise and as aspire to that change because people were suggesting that 
that what what we were doing, what we we're creating, what we we're focusing our time on was all not central to clinical work and that any of the projects or teams I was managing or volunteers that I was trying to work with that essentially that was all going to that would be by the wayside so when you know people people who were uh, had had families were sometimes uh, sometimes you know in a reasonable way and sometimes quite bitterly suggesting that um, it's all well and good you saying that when you've got all this time on your hands and and they were sometimes ignorant to other family circumstances for elders that might have needed to be cared for they had no no knowledge or interest in in what else we had going on but it was this notion that that family completely throws all that now in many ways of course i understand that it totally changes your, your time dynamics and stuff like that but i hope that we're continuing to prove that the, the number of ways in which we've gone about things since we've had children um i don't think it means that we've you know it focuses your attention don't get me wrong but generally speaking i don't think it's a fair argument to have suggested that that, that was therefore going to slow me down, quieten me down. It's certainly something that if I'd have tried to do everything um, or if I was still pursuing, say, uh, fitness in a hobbyist sense of trying to perform or, or, or be an athlete again or if I was trying to balance too many things, then it certainly wouldn't. But the way in which it was sometimes framed as if to suggest they were going to see me fall off a cliff or the projects that we do or the public advocacy that we do, that almost sort of the non-profit with the charity work through MSKR, et cetera. We're going to see that fall by the wayside when we had children. I think if anything, especially in the, in the midst of the pandemic, we've really tried to step up there with things like Therapy Live, MSKR.info, the Rehab Recruits campaign. So um, I just want to mention the fact that that was sometimes a misreading and, uh, and certainly something that we want to try and make sure that we don't get negatively affected uh, by that in a sense that we've built something that we feel does a real good public good and we want to try and keep that up and so fortunately between me and Charlotte and uh, various enterprises that we're involved in uh, I think it's uh, hopefully enhanced and, and, and sharpened our focus and I think the thing the point that I made about you know when you've got tangible children you can imagine that you, you aspire to a better future for them in, in such a way that makes you that little bit more thoughtful about what that might be and, and a bit more applied in, in what you're doing I think that their experiences and and the fact that your you, you exposure to education is going to be different when you've got children in education and things like that, it's going to, it's going to really, uh, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And as I said, on a professional level, you know, if they go into sport or you start to get injuries and all that sort of stuff and experience the, the, the oohs and ahs of, of pain in different ways rather than just teething and bumping their head now and again or when their brother bashes them with a truck or what have you. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that little cameo from them. And many thanks to those of you that have uh, that have uh, shared, especially to Zoe Johnson, who said, Zoe Johnston, mum of twins here too. You see, the twin community, we find each other, don't we? We just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a special thing being a parent of twins as well. That is that is uh, a bit of a niche that's been fascinating to see. Um, and it really is a, a quite interesting uh, difference, I would say. You know, it's, we don't know any better in many ways, but it certainly has been quite unique. Um, so, yeah, hi, Zoe, and, uh, and yeah, thanks a lot for your comments. Um, so I'll move on to um, a couple of the other questions that we wanted to cover, um, one of which was really interesting uh one that came in which you know admittedly could be a show in itself which is what do what do i feel are let me try and remember how it was worded let me just open it up i think i put it in the description um it was sort of the promising and frustrating aspects let me just have a i, I really enjoyed how it was worded so i just want to make sure that i uh i get that right uh where is it what are the most promising and most frustrating things in msk right now 
yeah, I think that was a, a brilliant one and really well worded. So the most promising things for me is that despite the, the situation, the, the flux that we find ourselves in in society, uh, attention being focused on health in a, in a really positive way, but also it's, you know, it's really challenging to try and, you know, the, the systems that surround everything we're doing are, are in flux. But the thing I'm most promised by is that the endeavor for people, particularly volunteering within projects that are trying to solve problems. So I've seen like a digital entrepreneurship spike in a massively interesting way. Now I've got some of those things that I'm biased to because I'm closer to them, that like internal projects that we've been doing and working with people on that I'm going to mention. But there's also other things that I'm seeing where if you go to say nerdy physios or you see Evie and some of what she's doing with the online physio side and get better online, these are projects that so it would have been so easy for people to sort of capitulate under the weight of, of, of change in such a way that they just think I've got these ideas, but I just want to wait until sort of the, the, the chessboard's at least back on the table. You know, the, the disruption sort of settles down a little bit. But instead, people have really endeavoured to get stuck into project work in such a way that I really didn't see happening. You know, I almost look to myself and think, especially with the circumstances we found ourselves in early in the pandemic, having really young babies and the, and, and the challenges that we're faced with the disruption economically to all of our businesses is that would I have really kicked on with some of the projects we were doing or embryonically started them if that was from scratch, if we didn't already have a platform or infrastructure doing so. And I really don't know. I don't know if I'd have had the bravery or the, or the skill or the wherewithal or the, the passion under so little sleep. But the fact that some fo so, some folk have has been brilliant. So yeah, like I mentioned, just a couple of them there. If you watch some of the stuff they're doing on Instagram, the nerdy physios and building interesting design-laden infographics to people's minds, as well as, as I said, with Evie Martin and check out her stuff with online physio, get better online, that sort of stuff where they're leaning into highlighting the benefits and, and virtues of virtual uh, rehab. But then also internally, we've got so many projects that I could mention. One of them being the thing that I'm most interested in, most promised by is that our first steps group which is physio matters first steps if you haven't found them then google that and you'll find them on on social media and they've got some great stuff coming up but they are um essentially trying to improve the student and new graduate so your first steps within msk um and, and basically trying to to help speak a language that sort of resonates with that side of things because you know i can't, can't pretend you try and keep your finger on the pulse but fundamentally now as i celebrated last week you know it's 10 years in practice and so i can't pretend to be as close to uh what the freshers are thinking as i used to um you know and so let's not pretend and instead let's try and involve those people and so we've got a team of, of students and new graduates that are working on the physio matters first steps project and the endeavor that they're showing and it's not just them you know there's other projects like it and and, and and adjacent to it and but even internally within our businesses we've got new mentoring services what we've done with therapy live i'm just watching my my team step up at a time where you could so understand people being sort of blase and things now there are reasons for that for that and other people being less productive and i don't want to suddenly think that then you know i'm judging them for not being but people asking me directly what do i find most promising in msk it's the fact that there's so many interesting and, and diverse projects going on and, and some real people speaking passionately about what they want to be doing um, now they're going to face challenges in the fact that they've got new infrastructure to try and navigate or a disruption to existing infrastructure uh, but then there's also opportunity that knocks there where some of the some of the things that sort of maybe would have put ceilings in uh, over them uh, aren't there so it's going to be really interesting to see um especially for those newer projects as long as they can sort of find a way to sort of self-manage and grow themselves then i'm excited to see what happens as for what what is most frustrating for me at the moment is 
possibly related to that um, with regards to infrastructure and policies that the the inability you know, some, it's almost like a, a really frustrating I told you so so uh, my analysis broadly of the MSK industry at large and the sort of governance structures and all that sort of stuff has been like we've we were so vulnerable I mean the world was so vulnerable to an incident like this pandemic and I can't even call it an incident or ongoing pandemic but the way in which we um in healthcare but particularly in, in msk we're just so so vulnerable to inaction right you we were we were not we didn't have the governance structures or the maturity of leadership to be adaptable quick enough you know and um, granted you've seen that all the way up you know throughout and into into politics but it's just that the way in which we'd selected for i would argue uh leaders that that fundamentally were just particularly talented at towing a line and not realizing how entrenched they were within bureaucracy sometimes even fancy themselves as change agents but fundamentally what, what they're initiating is, 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 is changes and tinkers within a system rather than on a fundamental level recognizing acknowledging and publicly speaking openly about some of the weaknesses so there's been they're almost conditioned to deflect now i can unpack that in another another show if you're interested and we have some questions that came in about you know what is your beef with hashtag leadership which is something i rail against uh, and this is sort of what i'm leaning on here is that when asked as to what my key frustration is is that the entrepreneurial projects i'm most excited about i know what forces can sometimes stifle them and it's some of the forces that have really stopped the ad adaptability the intersectional working that could occur uh, between uh, disciplines and between sectors as we talked about last uh, yesterday um yeah that, the, the things that are barriers to that are sometimes policy level um policy level decisions as well as then the leaders in, the, in those positions just aren't as adaptable as they could be and so my key frustration is linked to my key thing that i think is promising is that one of the things that might stifle those is just the the ignorance sometimes or just the i think the way that we've just selected for our sort of um our leaders or the systems even in which the leaders operate you know it, it just sort of frustrates me i just i think that there's such a it's such a myth that the, the, there's a truly meritocratic um way in which that's selected for um and i just think that they, there's been so many places for them to hide it's been quite an exposing moment i'm sure many of them are, are uh, sort of showing their, their colors of, of, of not being as as strong as they may be masqueraded as because of the circumstances we've been presented in and again it's not all on on them as individuals it's just that there's this it's this system i don't think we really anticipated just how vulnerable it was so there it is. My thing I'm most promised about is this entrepreneurship project diligence and productivity that's been going on uh, and some examples I've given. And then the frustration is that the infrastructure, um, some of which has been disrupted and probably some of it needs to be. Um, and then the personnel that are perpetuating that you know, massively frustrates me. And if you're interested in all of my thoughts about not just what it is on analysis, but also how we might reform it, then, yeah, of course, check out some of the stuff on MSKR, uh, of which I've got news uh, later today. And uh, Matthew Wyatt's going to be joining me tomorrow to talk a bit more about MSKR's future plans as we celebrate our birthday, MSKR being the grassroots think tank designed to reform MSK practice. So that's enough about that question. The third one, um, that we're going to visit um i'll come to your comments in a second i've, I've not had them on screen because they're so distracting but uh, thanks for that actually i'll just check as to whether or not anyone's weighed in on uh, anyone's weighed in on what i've said a few more comments there about the kids that's lovely thanks a lot chris how are you doing mate hope you're well I need to get chris kitson on this show actually he'd be a brilliant uh, brilliant voice 
um, unless it's a different Chris Kitson than I'm uh, thinking of. But anyway, whichever Chris Kitson, could the real Chris Kitson please stand up? Thank you for your comment. That's lovely. Um, Evie Martin. Oh, she's on. She's watching. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Evie. She heard her name, name and projects being mentioned. That's brilliant. Um, and then Evie's then said that lack of adaptability is quite stifling. Yes, experienced a fair bit of this. That is concerning, of course, but I'm sure she'll plow on exciting to see what she does with it right so the third thing i was going to visit was uh, a question that is like are on will online events have do online events have legs is how i think it was worded but it's kind of like it's a how i understood it was that what's the sustainability of um of the uh, online events like it when or if the world returns to some sort of normal when we can gather in in in, in groups of hundreds or thousands of people at conference centers or at to lecture halls across the world then will online events just you know will people be breathing such a sigh of relief to to get off zoom and equivalents and i think that that was pointed to me naturally because i'm uh, someone that, that through always very involved in digital education um but um, we tried to interface that with some in-person content we ran uh, we, we have a studio here with four microphones in it and only one of them gets used these days but essentially we, we value that in-person interaction as well for education and, uh, and conversation but we also on you know we run therapy live which is a online uh, conference which is different in many ways but it's kind of has its in-person equivalents at conference centers uh, across the country um, at various times a year normally and at the moment they can't operate so people are asking me that question. I think they will have legs unless they make the mistake of constantly trying to just simply emulate in-person events. Now, fundamentally, I think there's some hypocrisy there in a way uh, with what physio, uh, what uh, we did with Therapy Live, whereby because of the timeframes, et cetera, is that we delivered majority, apart from in the MSKR room, we actually had majority sort of webinar delivery, which was emulating in many ways, apart from using the digital interface and some of the interactivity, it fundamentally was a bit more didactic in terms of its education delivery, like you might have done with keynote speakers. But that's purely a time thing. And as you'll see at Therapy Live Sport, which is happening on 9th of November, no, it's not, 7th of November, um, you've got mix, more of a mixture, panels and, and using the audience interaction, using some of the pollen features more, um, and, and leaning into some of the things that we could do on the digital space that you just wouldn't be able to do in person. Also, don't underestimate the fact that you've got the better access. It feels good for me to be able to go to speakers that have you know, turned up for two-day events and conferences for us before and are fantastic for doing so. But the fact that I'm going to them and saying, can I have a favor and take up 90 minutes of your time over the next two weeks, over the, you know, in a couple of months' time, um, rather than me saying, um, do, you, do you mind giving up a, a weekend? You know, it's, it's, it's a different phenomenon and, and therefore means that I've got a, a, a huge pool of talent that therefore the logistics make it easier for as everyone gets more comfortable. So don't underestimate that. That's not going anywhere. But I think that the, the, the longevity of it in terms of the, the fact that it won't just be for the sake of novelty and for the fact that everyone's stuck behind the computer screens, I think that the online events, as long as they adapt sensibly, uh, are going to be uh, the, the true future, especially in terms of the volume of people that we can, we can visit. You know, we're confident in saying that at 22,000 registrations, uh, over 20,000 people turning up on the day, Therapy Live was the biggest MSK event ever. Um, and that's and there's been some massive MSK events. You know, you think there's things like WCPT, 
attract i think not dissimilar numbers to that but it's not an msk event and then if you got the iphone versions i was involved in uh, iphone 2016 in glasgow which is massive but it's certainly not as many msk therapists as, as we had at therapy live now there's reasons for that and um, i totally understand it doesn't diminish that event but when they can't happen yeah we've got this going on but as long as we don't think that there's got to be um some things you can do in each each platform each style of delivery as long as we double down on some of the strengths of each, and, and then for me, the, the skill, having run in-person events, and I certainly don't rule out doing them again in the future. I think it'd be smart for us to, but let's integrate them, right? Let's have, let's have, let's focus. What is it about in-person sort of networking and collaborating that, that we need to maximize and what could be delivered as well, if not better, um online and let's integrate those styles you know let's uh, lean into what is strongest in each in each discipline that's the thing that most interests me absolutely um and so do i think they've got legs was the question typically long answer from me yes uh, i do but i think that they will burn out oh, you know, the, those that are just trying to pedal one topic death by slideshow over zoom screen share um I hope they die out. It's it's just a, a digital version of crap education uh, that that occurs in an in-person event or webinar, or, uh, sorry, uh, lecture or what have you. Um, you know, done badly or poorly moderated discussions. Like, oh, we've got a panel. It's like that that just that hasn't had a brief and hasn't been set properly. That's just it's just poor digital education. Which you know, I, I, um, I'm not saying I don't succumb to some of the mistakes sometimes, or my team don't always get it right, but we do as best. And we've really been studying this for seven years now for being better digital educators and then translating that to in-person education when we've done events, et cetera, and creating quality content. Like we've been, we've been sharpening those tools over the course of years. And then we're able to flex them into this space just as everyone tries to, to turn this way. And so I'm pleased that we, we feel that we've got quality and quantity um so see if you agree i see if anyone's been uh you know feel free to by the way badmouth me on the chat that's not a problem please do uh do uh gob off if needs be but i know we're coming towards the end of time there and uh it's nearly one o'clock so many thanks for those of you that tuned in live and those that then visit after the fact those that tuned in live um or will watch the video version of, of this broadcast after the fact will know that i had the uh the twins we had test and control uh, here with us for the first five minutes or so. No, not my finest radio work, I don't think. I was rather distracted, but yeah, it's good to see them. And uh, some of you have uh, posted some lovely comments uh, as they as they can make up their, what's it, nine, nine months old. Certainly affected our life in many ways, all of which positive apart from sleep. It's been a challenge. But what I uh, would say is that today we've visited three key questions that have come in recently that that's piqued my interest there's lots more we haven't been able to get to so please do continue to send them over to us in whatever format um especially if you're then suggesting questions or if you're suggesting themes or guests for chewing it over then please do let us know it's always really valuable to get, get your feedback and we've got some brilliant guests coming up soon on thursday i'll be joined by adam meekins he was meant to be here today i mentioned that yesterday i'm sorry he's not he's coming in on thursday to talk a little bit about his latest rant about marketing coaches um I'm uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you better not stand me up on Thursday as well, but it's going to be coming in Thursday. Tomorrow, Matthew Wyatt's joining me to talk a little bit about some MSKR news that you might see this afternoon, um, which is exciting. We've got an event for our birthday event for that uh, on FCP. So do join us there. I will um, I will see you tomorrow with Matthew. Uh, but otherwise, thanks a lot. Have a great day and uh, do keep your questions coming. Hope you've enjoyed that uh, little Ask Me Anything.
Let's see if I can uh, remember how to, to get me uh, line up my sign out. I'm always smooth as ever. And uh, yeah, see you tomorrow.